This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. I dare say months ago when our pastors were trying to decide what they were going to preach this summer, that they even envisioned what would happen to our church congregation over the last 12 months, and yet they chose the book of Daniel. And I think it is prophetic and uh, providential that they have made that decision. A year ago, almost today, Pastor Jenny was reassigned to a different church, and Pastor Amanda came a week later to fill her shoes. Not but just a few months after that, if you will remember, Pastor Gray, who was our lead for those of you who might be visiting with us today, was moved into a vacant uh, district superintendent appointment, and Tim stepped forward to lead this faith community in different um, locations. Staff changes came then and have come in the past few months fast and furious. And I, for one, am so grateful for the new people who have come into this family of faith. Um, So it was during that time that uh, when I knew that Amanda was going to be going on maternity leave that I went to Tim and I said, you know, you can't do this by yourself while we're waiting for her to come back. And so I would be willing to come and um, help provide some congregational care while she's on maternity leave. And so I started, I think, about a week after that. Um, it was a commitment of 10 weeks. <laughs> that, that was in the middle of October. Um, but none of us could have predicted, right, baby Owen's diagnosis and its outcome, nor would we have wanted to. And none of us could have predicted that our dear, beloved Pastor Glenn would face his own death and resurrection in the last few weeks. Um, Each of us have suffered losses together in the past 12 months, and many of you have suffered losses of your own, some known to your church family and some not, that you hold in your hearts. And so whenever any of us suffer a loss, it is as if a piece of the body is diminished and therefore the whole body is diminished, because we are a church family and we are community. And when one hurts, the whole body hurts. That's the definition of community. People living as a unit who share something in common and who have fellowship with each other. So what we've realized over the past year is pretty much what Daniel realized way back in the Babylonian Empire. That there's a purpose and wisdom and power in community. And in our community, probably more than any other year of our history, we have learned the purpose and wisdom and power that we all seek comes not from us, but from the God we love and serve. Just as God had granted wisdom and power to Daniel and his friends back in that day, he has given those things to us. When I was um, preparing for today, I went through some notes back from divinity school and i remembered that we had done a study on daniel and so i pulled out those notes and guess what the title was for that that workshop living faithfully in times of trial (laughs) if i could have named today's title maybe that would have been it 
the Lord continues to point us in the right direction. So we've already heard about how Daniel and his three friends were living in their own country, but then were besieged by the Babylonians and taken into their culture and made to have new names, and, and their king tried to make them um, participate in all the laws, including the laws of eating and nutrition that they had. And, and Daniel and his friends decided they weren't going to do that, that they were going to be faithful in times of trial. And as a result of that, they were rewarded with position in the king's army, uh, not army, but um, um, powers. So now today in the second chapter of Daniel, here this same king is going to provide even a greater challenge, an almost an impossible challenge. He's going to tell his people that he thinks are wise and who have proven so. He's going to tell them that he has had an awful, awful dream that has really bothered him so much that he can't even sleep at night. And so he calls all of his wise men together and he asks them to not only interpret the dream, but to tell them what the dream was. Now how impossible is that? And so they began to come one by one and realize that that was impossible for them. And the angry king sent Arioch, his messenger and his executioner, to seek them all out to destroy them to execute them because he couldn't, they could not do what he asked. So here comes Daniel into the picture, and I invite you to listen to the words of Daniel 2, verses 14 through 23. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariot then explained the matter to Daniel, and at this Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes it's easier than other times to be faithful in worshiping and praising God. When Daniel and his friends were in their homeland, they celebrated and worshipped the very same God as everyone else, and they followed the same laws and rituals. But when they came into captivity, it became much more difficult. And so they had to be faithful if they were going to continue to, to um, praise that one God. When Daniel heard about this threat from the king, really on his very life, he could have responded in a number of ways. 
but he knew the power that came from God. So he requested a little more time, but then notice what he did immediately after that. He went and found his friends and sheltered in with them, told them to plead for mercy before God. I don't know whether you've ever found yourself pleading before God. There's prayer and there's pleading prayer, and there's a difference. I don't know whether you've found yourself on your knees at times in your life, pleading for mercy, pleading for things to happen the way you think they need to happen. But as I read these verses, I remembered a time in my own life when when pleading was a really good word to use. And some of you know this story because you've been around here as long as I have. But there was a time about 20 years ago uh, in this community when there was a saint of a man who was the assistant principal at the middle school, and his name was Reuben McNeil. Mr. McNeil was one of those people who loved everyone, treated everyone the same, was so wise and kind and knowledgeable, and meant so much not only to the youth but also to the parents in this community. Mr. McNeil had his own faith community down in the Dunn area. And so one Sunday night, he was returning from, from uh, leading a meeting and stopped to pick up a man on the side of the road who wanted a ride. And Mr. McNeil was never seen alive again. So I remember in those days, other parents as well as I fell so many times to our knees, pleading with God, to bring Mr. McNeil back, to let him appear safely, because we knew that being such a strong Christian, he would use that testimony over and over again to bring people to Christ and to let everybody know the wisdom and power of God. And when God didn't do what I told him to do, what I pleaded with him to do, I was really upset. And I think of all the things that have ever happened to me in my life, that was probably the one time in my life when I felt most distant from God. And it was, I think I was sitting right over there as a matter of fact, it was, I don't know, a couple of months later when I came to worship and the choir sang, it wasn't that big, there were only about 15 people there then. Um, the choir sang Amazing Grace. And for the first time since I had just been devastated and disappointed and mad at God, I could finally ask his forgiveness and crawl back into his lap and ask him to help me never to not trust him again. And I bet you've had those times in your life. And in the recent months, I think maybe sometimes we as a church family have felt that devastation and feeling like God is so far away when really he has us all in his hand. Pleading isn't any fun, but that's what Daniel and his friends did, and that's what we have done so much. So what I want you to know today, church, is that we desperately need to be with each other, and we need each other in this place and in this community. I am really grateful to be a part of this community. 
Have you ever noticed when birds are migrating from one place to the other how they fly in this V formation way up high in the sky? I learned that um, that's not coincidence. That's a science thing that God kind of helped us with. You see, when those birds fly in formation like that, they know exactly how close to get to each other to catch each other's updraft, and they know exactly how to fly in sync so that their wings go back and forth to provide the, least, the most distance with the least amount of effort. And they even take turns um, being the head of the pack, flying right in the front of that V. And when one gets tired, they fall to the back and another bird takes their place. I think we're like that V formation of birds. Time and time again, when one of us has been tired and wondered about the future, the others step up and cover us in love and mercy and grace, right? And that's how we've made it through this year, this difficult year together. The last part of today's story shows the miraculous result of Daniel and his friend's prayer. So that night, God did indeed reveal this dream and its interpretation to Daniel. And as a result, he was able to save not only his own life, but the life of all the other wise men. Daniel's story continues as we go through this summer season. You'll see this. It continues to remind us that God still has a plan and purpose for this world and that when evil threatens to derail it, God will find a way to restore it. There's a great little book floating around. It's been floating around for, gosh, 60 years, I guess. written by Dr. Leslie Weatherhead, and you might want to pick up a copy sometime. It's called simply The Will of God. It shares a wonderful way of thinking about God's will. Dr. Weatherhead defines three different wills of God. The first one is intentional will, God's original plan for our well-being. And then there comes circumstantial will, how God works even through evil and suffering to bring about good. The third will is ultimate will, the goal God reaches despite us, despite man's evil, bringing the world at last to what God has planned. Eye hasn't seen nor ear heard the things God has prepared for those who love him. The last word is God's. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We find purpose and wisdom and power in community when we worship God. Now, there's different ways of becoming more involved in community. We had hoped this morning to have a short video, which um, Karen and Tony Proctor did. A couple years ago, they started a um, Sunday school class, which they originally named Journey, but now call Eat, Pray, Love. The video, although it didn't make it into church this morning, is going to be posted this week online, and I hope you'll take a few minutes to look at it. But what Tony and Karen determined was that they were kind of on the fringes of this community, and they longed to have connection with people close to them. 
They started a new Sunday school class because they wanted to get plugged in, is the words they used, and to grow in their faith but also grow closer to other members. I think their idea of eat, pray, love is especially important because there are a number of ways that we become involved in this community that we call our church family. You know, you can come to worship every single Sunday and leave this place and not come back until the next Sunday, and you're missing a lot. Or you can go to a Sunday school class or a small group of some kind and never come to worship. You're going to be missing a lot. Or you can even serve, volunteer every single day of the week, but not get involved in a small group or worship, and you'll be missing a lot. It takes all these experiences to really lift each other up in those difficult times when faithfulness seems hard to do. And so my challenge to you this day is that you will seek this community of faith in new and different ways, that you will worship, you will do spiritual formation in small groups, and you will serve. You have no idea when you come to worship on Sunday morning what a difference you might make in the life of somebody who sees you here. You have no idea. God works in mysterious and miraculous ways. So I encourage you to become part of that V formation, to fly together, and we'll be okay. Amen.